Christopher Warren Green is the music director of the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra and the London Chamber Orchestra. He is a well-known figure in the cultural life in our area, and he's become the go-to guy for royal weddings of late. In fact, he's conducted the orchestra at the weddings of Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles, the Duchess of Cornwall, and Prince William and Kate Middleton, and now he'll be conducting uh, music for the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. That's coming up on May 19th. So, um, Maestro, this should be old hat, no pressure. Uh, the third time, you're good, right? Old hat. It's a hat trick. <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> hat trick of weddings. I have conducted <laughs> countless numbers of royal occasions since 1980 um, for, for the royal family. But I seem to be the go-to guy, as you say. I have told them I'm free for um, funerals, bar mitzvahs, and other things. But <laughs> they seem to be happy with weddings. And I must say, I wasn't expecting the call for um, Prince Harry and Meghan's wedding. I really thought they'd have had enough of me. But uh, So I'm doubly flattered and doubly honored that they've trusted me with this one as well. What is the thing that you work on the most to be prepared and worry about the most going wrong? Well, first of all, I don't worry about it. <laughs> I, just, I try not to. The, the um, professional kicks in. I... You've made me nervous now, Rachel. I'm thinking about um, the one thing uh, that's crucial is that when they process up the aisle, that, um, you know, the music stops at the right time. If the organ's doing it, you don't have a problem because they can just improvise a noodle. Try doing that with an orchestra. It doesn't quite work. So I know, for instance, that uh, in um, uh, the Prince of Wales wedding to the Duchess of Cornwall, I knew the uh, entrance they were coming in. I must have walked up and down that route in St. George's Chapel um, with an aquary more times than anybody in the entire history of the British Isles <laughs> to try and figure out what pace they walk at. And I also knew, which has helped with this, because I'm not sure whether Prince Harry will or if they will come in that way, but the Prince of Wales always stops at his grandmother, the Queen Mother's tomb which is in St. George's, Windsor. And that's just around the corner out of sight, so I can't see how long he's going to spend there. So that that's the one thing I worry about more than anything. And the other thing is that the clergy are always best at church music. But, you know, people often want different types of music at their wedding, and I think they should have it. And just because they're royal, uh, I don't think they should be any different. So I do try very hard to get what they want and certainly in Catherine's wedding to Prince William uh, the Prince of Wales chose most if not all of the music and was guided um, off some things and onto others by myself. So is he playing that role with this wedding also choosing most of the music? Yes and also Megan has had uh, her say in, in what she wants and quite right, as did Kate. Um, I believe they both love music, which is good news for all of us. But the Prince of Wales is a really avid classical music fan. And the word harmony is part of his uh, philosophy on life in agri-industry, in agriculture, in organic uh, produce, all these things. It's harmony, things coming together in this way. So the fact that we have a Prince of Wales that loves music really does help us in classical music tremendously. Could you talk a little bit about how long you've had this association with him? Yes, 
I met the Prince of Wales for the first time in, I think, 1980-81, stroke when I was invited to direct the Philharmonia Orchestra in the first concert in modern times in the throne room at Buckingham Palace. When I say throne room, I mean the ballroom, because, of course, the seat of England is actually in St. James's Palace. But there are two thrones in the ballroom. I remember that it was the first time, probably since Queen Victoria had Johann Strauss, the father, and his orchestra in that room, so she could waltz with Prince Albert all night. She loved to waltz. And I also remember after that concert being presented to the Prince of Wales, who was in the music room, which is by the Long Gallery, and he just said, I love opening this place up to, to do things like this. And, of course, you remember that uh, he doesn't always get the place that often either because the Queen's the boss. So since then, you're his go-to. I, well, <laughs> I've been told by um, private secretaries and, and staff that, that the royal family trusts me. And that is a great compl- compliment, and I do love that. Um, there have been many, many concerts in Buckingham Palace and St. James's, which I've conducted for the Prince's Charities. But one of the uh, concerts that stuck in my mind, or two, in fact, was the Queen threw a 60th birthday party for the Prince of Wales. And for that, I had the entire Philharmonia Orchestra and the 70-piece professional chorus. And that was quite an event. There must have been every crowned head of state in the world, including the Aga Khan in the audience. And the most special was the 80th birthday of the Queen. And during that week, each member of the royal family, her children, had put on an event for her. And the Prince of Wales, of course, got her actual birthday evening. And he asked me to put on a concert of Handel's music with a Handel orchestra. And he'd found and dug out what he thought was George III's harpsichord, which was in the royal collection. Turned out to be Frederick Prince of Wales's harpsichord, but Handel would have played it, which is more important. But there was a marvelous moment because it was just the royal family that attended that, that one. And it was given in Kew Palace, which is the little doll's house country palace that George III built for Queen Charlotte of Mecklenburg in Kew Gardens. <laughs> and the Prince of Wales had raised all the money to renovate it, and it was now open. So he wanted to have the Queen's 80th birthday party in that little palace. And so we played Handel's music all night. And at one point she was standing right behind me as we were playing. And I think it's something I'll never forget because it was very personal. And the queen who'd been walking the streets of Windsor all day long, greeting people in the the streets, amazing woman with the most phenomenal sense of duty. And I think we're very lucky to have a royal family that have this tremendous sense of duty. And particularly lucky to have a Prince of Wales who loves music. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's great. I think probably a lot of people don't realize that he's that much of a, a music aficionado. I guess I had an inkling of it from conversations I've had with you in the past, but that is, yeah, is very loves, fortunate. He loves, he loves music. Well, let me ask you, um, I know I don't want to ask you a question that's going to get me killed, but... Um, <laughs> Is, go can, ahead, try me, Rachel. Go, <laughs> right, go on, have a go. Can you say whether or not this particular uh, wedding's music will be very different to what we've seen in the past? Can you tell me that? Do you know, 
you know, as a two racial. I can, I can tell you. <laughs> okay. It's one thing I can tell you. I can't. I mean, even Prince William and uh, Duchess of Cambridge's wedding, even the choristers of Westminster Abbey didn't leak the actual repertoire we were going to play. But I can tell you this. It will have a real American slant on it. And that's how it should be. It will be a royal wedding, as royal weddings should be. But it will definitely pay tribute to America and Americans. And how good is that? We're going to have a wonderful new princess, and she's an American. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And they've got you leading things, and you've got one foot in each country now. I do. What else would be worth noting about this particular wedding that's coming up that you can share? Well, we don't have a lot of rehearsal. One three-hour rehearsal, and then the wedding runs through itself. That's it. And then we're probably going to be on on camera to two over two billion people. So that's it. Yeah, that's how it goes in London. Wow. Yeah. So how long have the musicians had the music uh, to to prepare? Rachel, I haven't even got it yet. Really? <laughs> not yet. But I know what we're going to be doing. But I'm and and um, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, oh, almost, almost. <laughs> Um, that's amazing to me that you all have one three-hour rehearsal. Well, you know, don't forget that, um, you know, I mean, I think that British musicians are renowned to being the fastest in the world because they simply always had to be, even in Tchaikovsky's day. But the Americans are pretty fast, too. You know, when we had the unrest in Charlotte, uh, we, we had to cancel the concert the next day. And I said, don't cancel it. See if the entire orchestra will come in at midday and we'll do a concert for peace, which you, WDAV, jumped on straight away, rapid response unit, and you broadcast it. We did that concert, an hour-long concert with a Lincoln portrait and all sorts of um, difficult repertoire with no rehearsal at all. And that, you know, the American orchestras probably come in second to the Brits for, you know, speed of being able to put things together like that. But because I know the orchestra and the individuals in the orchestra so well, and they know me, we were able to do things that weren't rehearsed at all. That's amazing. I think people often don't realize how professional musicians are. We do stuff on very, very little rehearsal. That, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. Did I also hear a rumor that you have uh, one of your children is getting married around the same time? Now, this is the really important uh, wedding. My daughter, Hannah, is getting married on June the 2nd <laughs> in England. <laughs> Are you doing the music? Actually, I'm not. Her mother is. But I think I'm going to be conducting... Um, uh, oh, and I can tell you <laughs> what this music is. Um, uh, for her to walk out of, because I'll be leading her up the aisle, but uh, when she walks out, I'm going to be conducting a small group of players uh, in Elgar String Serenade. Well, I hope that goes well. I'm sure it will. So actually, lots of celebrations ahead for you in the next few weeks. Yes, indeed, yeah. Well, Christopher Warren Green, thank you for uh, chatting with us about this uh, very interesting and auspicious event that's coming up and your role in it. Thank you, Rachel.